This is the 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat Radio. It must be Monday, Monday 2 to 4. So it's Jackie Groundsell. I'm here live in the studio, Love to Beat Radio, based here in Penge. Um, now, two of my guests are already online. And this afternoon, we've got three guests with us. We've got Pam Ford at Victoria Ruger and Lynn Parker. Now, Lynn Parker is coming online later on, but I've got Pam and Victoria online now. So I'm just going to check. Can you hear me, ladies? Yes, I can hear you. Yes, we can hear you just fine. Excellent, excellent. Victoria, are you still in Geneva? I am. I'm stuck at the Hilton near the airport, which I don't recommend to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh dear. So, so you were supposed to be flying back today, or last night? Yeah, they cancelled, and yeah, anyway, you know how it is with the cancellation flight. Oh, <coughs> you have to fight them a bit to to get back your decency, but you know, <laughs> if you if you a good fight, they treat you decently. <laughs> Difficult, isn't it? Um, now, for the benefit of our listeners, I'm Jackie Groundsell, and this is Twelve Thirty, the Women's Company. We are broadcasting here from Love to Beat Radio, based in Penge, South East London. And Victoria is actually one of our other presenters. So, Victoria, would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody? Of course. Well, hello, guys. First of all, thank you, Jackie, for having me on. It's uh, my first um, invite as a guest to one of the shows, so I'm very excited. I really like what you do. Um, I'm Victoria Bruger and I host um, the show It's Not Me, It's You on Wednesday mornings from 10 to 12. And it's basically a comedy show, but we do talk a lot about, you know, world affairs and politics and the economy and history and philosophy and all sorts of things that I find very interesting. And sometimes we have guests and we try to do a bit of pranking and um, just a bit of a whole lot just to entertain and inform people, educate a bit. I don't know if I'm educating people. <laughs> I don't know. It's Monday <laughs> afternoon. And for anybody who doesn't know, it's actually my birthday today. Ta-da! Happy birthday to you! So, Victoria, yeah, I didn't have an opportunity to listen all the way through to your show. So, um, it's going to be interesting to find out some more about you because Pam, as you know, is also a comedian, but you're very different people and you've got very different angles of um, approach to the way you sort of do things. So, Pam, would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Pam Ford. I have an Aussie accent, but I'm actually a POM. I was born here in Birmingham and people say, no, you weren't. I said, don't tell me where I was born. My mum and dad were £10 POMs that emigrated to Australia. I've been a stand-up comedian for the last 22 years. Uh, before that, I was a pub landlady in Kent, in Knockholt in Kent. If I want Knockholt to sound posh, I say it's near Seven Oaks, so it's near a big hill actually, and Addington and Croydon, which isn't so bloody posh. Steady, so there you go. Steady now. Steady. I know. But um, I'm, um, I've recently done the my seventh solo one-woman show at the Edinburgh Fringe. Um, and I got my first four-star review from the Scotsman, which I'm very proud of. That was that was amazing. That was absolutely brilliant. So, so I picked. I was sort of hunting around online for some information, and you and I have known each other for years. But um, Cougar, Cougar Pammy, where does that come from? Well, the other comedian boys on the circuit named me that because they noticed how um, after the show. Um, younger men, and I don't mean like five years young, I mean 15, 20 years young, would approach me and try and chat me up. And uh, they said, Oh, there goes the cougar. But I said, Hang on, a cougar is predatory. I'm not predatory, they come to me. But uh, yes, yeah, so then I did a, um, a compilation show in Edinburgh about um, six years ago, which is called Cougar Pammy and Her Puppies, to which I'd have two or three younger comics come and do their, their spots to support my show. So, um, it went down very well. <laughs> okay, so you can hear, listeners, you can tell that these that two ladies are very different, but obviously the aim is to keep us happy and um, enter- entertained all round. So um, our, my third guest is actually Lynn Parker, who's coming on board at 
about half two and she actually runs a thing called funny women she's not a comedian or comedian whichever whichever you know you want to go for she's not at all but she has this amazing funny women business where she supports and helps um funny women um in a variety of ways and i'm gonna let luna explain all that to you very shortly so going back to you victoria how did you i noticed that um you also sing jazz and i caught a yes. bit of you singing an amy winehouse um item um which i couldn't find to play on our spotify thing but we're going to have valerie later on um so what about the jazz how how does that all come in to what you do um, so I just, I started singing when I was quite young. I just, you know, had a voice for singing and, you know, the kind of people found out very quickly. I don't remember, I started singing when I was very, very young. I'm from Uruguay, um, South America. So I worked as a singer from the age of like 14. And um, I worked for a company, we did events and we traveled. And yeah, my kind of go-to genre was um, jazz and blues because of the type of voice that I have. But then when I moved to London in 2016, it, I, because I didn't want to be a singer-songwriter, I didn't pursue music. So it's like, it's something that I can do, and I kind of miss singing, but it wasn't something that I wanted to do professionally. So it was kind of hard, because you know, in London, particularly when you do want to do something in entertainment, you kind of have to stick to your craft, and I couldn't do everything, which is also one of the, the kind of curses of, of having you know, different interests or talents, right? It's like, mm. which one are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and you know, when I moved to I did see my best friend was signed to a big label, and she was actually, you know, a full um, professional singer-songwriter, and I thought, that's not really what I want to do, but it's sad, because then people are like, well, what do you do with your voice? It's nothing, I just talk. But, you know, I do miss singing. I, I, I wish I could kind of intertwine it with everything that I do and maybe book a couple of nights to do performing you know just like in a bar or a restaurant or something so I could just enjoy it but I haven't gotten around to do it because again it's a lot of work to just do that in London sure. <laughs> the time I thought about it like I did you know when I was living in Shoreditch there's the Med um, and they have this beautiful kind of because it used to be the Bank of England so they have this kind of huge salon with the columns and it's all marble and they've got a round stage and they normally have very traditional jazz bands and I thought okay that's beautiful and I got in touch with them and again it's loads of work just to just to get you know, and, and also having the band as well it's, it's a quite a quite a responsibility you know not just for rehearsing but also finding you know people need to get paid as well so you can't just have people say okay every now and again I like to sing a bit of jazz you know it's uh, it's hard to do juggle everything so yeah i'm not singing at the moment unfortunately oh well i don't know maybe pam pam you don't get you don't sing do you i sing but not well but it's a comedy scene <laughs> <laughs> okay well maybe, maybe i don't know maybe we'll have a a little duo later on and see how different oh no are. no no you don't jackie <laughs> <laughs> oh dear um okay so so just coming back to you, Victoria, um, you've not been on Love to Beat for too long, have you, I don't think? I haven't, no, I think I've done six shows. Oh, brilliant. Oh, no, that's really good. Um, so how did you actually find the station? Um, how did I find you in terms of how did I get in touch with Edmund, or how yeah. do I find my experience? Um, I think it was an ad. He was looking for new hosts, and it was something that I've been thinking about doing for a long time. I think it's also a great place to kind of, if you don't want to go all in with stand-up, yeah, it's a kind of fun in between, right? Because it's like, you do tell jokes, but they're more stretched out in just a conversation. Yeah. So I wanted to do it, and yeah, I did, and I got in touch with Edmund, and you know, we met, and that's how we did it. And I also now starting a, with a second radio, Tribe, um, Urban Tribe, and I'm starting a second show on Friday. Oh, right, okay, okay. Yeah. Where are they based? Um, let's get this name wrong. Um, just south of Kelly Walk, I suppose. Um, Don't know, the river? Are we <laughs> No, it's this famous place where there's a naval thing in the, the oh, hill. Oh, Woolwich! Woolwich! Great Woolwich! <laughs> Sorry, I'm not from, I'm not from London. 
Anyway, it's in London somewhere, so don't let's talk about that. It's not like spelling, you know, like from the pronunciation of the word to the spelling of the word, it's like... That's English for me. Greenwich. Yes, it's like Greenwich, you know, it's like Yorkshire. Oh no, we're just out to get you all, that's the thing. So, um... Pam's obviously what she was saying earlier about um, having been at the Edinburgh Festival. Now, is that something that would appeal to you, Victoria, to to go there? Oh my God, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I mean, I know a lot, a lot of my friends do stand-up comedy because I did it briefly when I first moved, and um, I know I did it for a lot. I did it for a while in Uruguay, and yeah, I mean, I love it. It was just. It, it's just, I don't know, it's so, it's so terrifying. It requires a lot of courage. <laughs> and um, a lot, oh my God, like my friends, my, like I think my three best friends are international stand-up comedians. So I know a lot of what, like the lifestyle is like, you know, when they tour Asia or, you know, what it's like when they gig within the UK and just the everyday stuff. And I'm like, wow, they've got, they say, oh, you know, the more you do it, the more, um, the more they lose that kind of stage fright. But it's, petrifying and yeah they were in Edinburgh as well so yeah oh. that would be very appealing yeah <clears throat> so so does it does it get any easier for you Pam do you find or what challenges do you um find? yes this this time um was my my best and favorite experience in Edinburgh um oh it's funny how my mum even though she's in Australia she's still sort of um coaches me and pokes me uh she's into positive thinking and manifestation and she said uh what do you want to happen in edinburgh this year and i said well i really want to get some full houses and i really want to get a really good review and she said well you've got to manifest it and think positively oh no mum don't start and she said right you want to get full houses you want to make yourself a sign up yeah, you know you mark your colouring in pencils, you make a sign-up with your A4 piece of paper and your Sharpie pens, and you put, Pam Ford show sold out. Please try again tomorrow. And so I had this made, but also my niggling thought of myself, I made another one saying, Pam Ford show in progress, a few seats left to toe in. So I had these two posters made. Right. Now, day one, I had one man in the audience, and my producer said, you go ahead, you do the run through, you go with it. And that man happened to be a care worker, because my, my show is all about working in a care home. So we had a good chat afterwards, and I learned some things from him, and he told me how they related to my stories. Then day two, uh, it was almost a full house, it was about four empty seats, and I started telling the audience about these two signs, you see, so I said, I can put up the one, a few spaces left, and then the door pushed open and four people came in, and I got the full house, and I got, oh, Lord, and I got to put the full house sign on, and some youngsters in the audience said, get a picture of it so you can send it to your mum, and she said, I told you if you manifested it will happen. So that was really lovely, lovely. And I did get 80% full houses. And I got my four-star review from the Scotsman. So all of my dreams came true. Brilliant. Well, well done, Mum. Mum, she's going to take some credit for it. Yeah. Mum, no. Absolutely, no. absolutely. So, yeah. um, so, Pam, okay, so I want to know from both of you, really, at some stage as we're going along, but I also don't want you necessarily to have to repeat yourselves because of Lynn coming on. On the other hand, actually, that would be quite good, wouldn't it, repeating yourselves, because our listeners <laughs> would be reinforced in that sense. So, Pam, you're, uh, at the moment, you're working, you're working as a care worker. So, how did you actually get into comedy? What, what were you doing when you oh, right, well, bright lights? Right. Well, when I was a pub landlady, my, my locals, my regular fellows, used to always take the mickey out of me and pull practical jokes on me and all sorts. So that was a good groundwork to deal with hecklers and um, learn more about the English sense of humour. My dad did raise me by watching VHS tapes of Tommy Cooper, Morgan and Wise, Dave Allen and all those sort of fellows. Mm. So I, I, I loved English sense of humour. So it was in the pub that I started doing little events in the pub, um, like music nights or charity fundraising nights, and I would compare 
uh, and tell a couple of um, sort of published jokes in between times. And uh, one of my, the boys in my pub used to go to Bromley College doing media studies and he was telling one of his tutors that, oh, our pub landlady's funny and she doesn't know it. And they said, oh, there's a guy over at Beckenham at the studio that does a comedy course. So I went and did the comedy course, which was 1999, and that was it. I didn't want to work in the pub, you know, 16 hours a day anymore when I can go up on stage and um, do it that way. So that's how I got into the comedy game. But how I got into the uh, care working, um, I just wanted a job sort of part-time three days a week just to boost my income in the daytime to be a safety net because obviously comedy is very um, hairy. Mm. And I got this job, uh, and I'm not actually healthcare worker i'm an activity coordinator which means i do the activities like bingo quizzes singing uh all that sort of thing so it's really comedy uh for the seniors in the daytime and i love it and that's what i wrote this last show about that was brilliant so what's actually on the cards for you at the moment what have you got lined up An hour before we spoke, Jackie, I just completed my registration to perform at the Adelaide Fringe Festival for the whole month next February. Wow. And I'm taking this show there, which is, which is called Don't You Dare Put Me in a Care Home. Oh, so uh, it's, it's all booked in, <laughs> and, I'm so, and I'm thrilled to bits, which also enables me to pop up to Queensland and see my mum and dad, and mum's 81 and dad's 86, and I cannot wait in for four years, oh. so it's really good. Yeah, I remember I remember the last time you went over um, to, to see them, and uh, yes. it only seems like yesterday, but of course we've got those years and all the rest of it, yeah, yeah exactly, it just flies, doesn't it? So... Well, yep. that's really exciting. That's oh, really I'm thrilled. So, okay, um, moving back to Victoria now. So how did you yep. get started in all this? Um, you know what? I always think that uh, being a comic is just the type of person you are. It's just a, it's a, when you when you see them all together, you know, when you see stand-up comedians, you just realize it's like a breed. I mean, it's just a type. It's just, well, unfortunately, you're born uh, a comedian. It's kind of like this sarcastic way of going through life. Yeah, you can't and, say, uh, I want to be a comedian, and, and you're there. You've got to have that feel about it, I guess, haven't you? Uh, I think it starts, you know, you notice it in the way you relate to people from a young age, you know, the kind of person you are. Being funny is great for, you know, it's, it's a very powerful form of extroversion, right? Mm. Which is a disguise for introversion, and that's the irony of it all. Um, so I think you just kind of realize, it's funny because when I was very, very, very young, I was quite shy, and then you let one thought just slip, and then everybody kind of laughs, and that makes them really like you, which is something that when you're very young, you don't understand, you're like, I was just I was just commenting or something, or, or you know. So everybody speaks their mind, and just the the speed in which you put the sentence together seems to really amuse people, and then that kind of becomes your social persona because it it opens a lot of doors, right? If you have a way to to make to, to connect the dots with people, you know, it's like you have this wittiness to just associate things in a way that it makes you feel connected to people and empathetic and and also entertain them. And when you make people really laugh, like really laugh, and they're like, stop, stop, and they kind of start crying, they adore you, and you deserve no credit for that. Because <laughs> because you just, you know, you're like doing what everybody else is doing, but your brain is able to do it at a speed and with a certain delivery that makes that observation so personal and universal that people find that extremely entertaining, that, you know, they, they start to kind of fascinate over that side of you, and I've had it happen with friends asking me to do, you know, to tell stories over and over again, right, to say, okay, say that and make me repeat a story that I told, and there's a momentum to them as well, which is what makes stand-up comedy so difficult. If The best moments to be funny is when you're experiencing extreme emotion, right, like frustration or anger or, you know, it's when someone annoys me, I talk really fast, and it always happens to me. I'm complaining about something, and the sto- the person listening to the story starts laughing, and then people are like, "Oh, my friend got here. Can you repeat the story of the mailman?" And you're like, "Well, I don't know." I listened to your Virgin Media thing the other day. Um, I'm just conscious of the fact that Lynn will be joining us soon, but I don't know whether you want to 
rum rum that Virgin Media situation that you went through, and I thought that was hilarious. Uh, oh yeah, the uh, <laughs> well, if you heard me speaking to EasyJet, it would have been far worse. I mean, oh, really? these people. I want to do a course on the passive aggression of customer service. Like, there has to be a way to be this. Just, you know, I'm not perfect. You can hire someone to just hijack the conversation because the amount, the, the 100 million ways in which they just abuse you with passive aggression, it's like, I'm just going to pass the phone over to my colleague. It's like 12 years of them passing the phone over to the colleague. <laughs> and the worst is that it costs you money. They, they always find a way to put you in a direct debit or in a situation like with us, like now at the hotel, they didn't have flights, so they made a stay. Going to the units were the most expensive city in Europe. And they were pretending like they're not aware of time and space and capitalism. And you're like, I'm pretty sure EasyJet knows that you know, we can't sleep at the airport and it's the evening. So it's like, I understand your frustration, madam. And, you know, they just, and, and yeah, I find that hilarious how they just, so what um, Jack is talking about is that I was trying to get out of a direct debit. I had been abused by Vision Express for like an entire month. I just wanted to get contacts and they start with, well, for that you need an appointment. But an appointment is actually not an appointment. An appointment is a recipe. And then if you get the recipe, it's actually a contact appointment and you also need an eye appointment. And you're like, guys, I'm very confused and I keep just spending money on you and I don't know what's going to happen and that kind of vulnerability. But I remember them saying to me, call back and you can just cancel the direct out. So I filmed it and then they were just, saying all sorts of crazy things like and i'm like do you know of anyone who would know um i'm not sure but let me just pass the phone over to my colleague and it was just total abuse that's a sort of very different type of humor to yours pam i think isn't it yeah it's all about my rough experiences and my mess ups and things yeah i love that this is the 1230 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat Radio. Hi, hi everyone. Nice to see you. Um, uh, do you want me to? Uh, I'm Lynn Parker. I'm the founder and chief executive of Funny Women, which is a not for profit community which supports women to go into the world of comedy as performers, writers, creators, best known for the Funny Women Awards. And we also, relevant to the radio show, I expect, um, have a very, um, we have a business, a second, it's a secondary business, it's all part of the same company, but we run a program of activity aimed at the workplace, and not just for women, we like men in our community as well, so it's sort of aimed at getting them to perhaps understand and listen to us a bit about how we work, because I think we do it a bit differently. Um, and that's that's called Hernaria, so it's a sort of separate part of our business but still very much part of the not-for-profit way in which we work and the wonderful thing about that is that we employ a lot of the women that we meet through the world of comedy to um, go into workplace situations as coaches trainers performers do a lot with creative industries so all those amazing um new talented women that we find every year in the awards do occasionally get to go and make big commercials star in them write them, film them. Um, it's, a very, it's a very circular way of working, so we're bringing everything back. So hopefully that's what you wanted, Jackie. Um, and you just heard a piece of music. Um, I, I have a very talented family. I'm the least talented of all of them, I think. But my daughter is a singer-songwriter. Um, she lives now in Plymouth. Um, and that track um, was called Eyes For You. Um, and I, I liked, I chose it because... Um, my kids are grown up now, and um, it, one of the lines is, eyes for you in the back of my head, and I think that's very appropriate for any of us who've got kids who've flown the nest. And at the moment, we've definitely got eyes in the back of my head at the moment, because my son and his wife are expecting a baby in two weeks' time. So oh, uh, I thought that song summed it up rather well, uh, <laughs> apart from wanting to, uh, I love a bit of nepotism, me, you know, why not? Absolutely, yeah, no, I think it was, um, and I really feel privileged that you shared that with us because it's, uh, it's very important that um, we knew all these new songs. And actually, I'm in a very fortunate position because there's so much of the music that my guests choose that I've never heard of. Um, so it's educating me. And Victoria mentioned earlier about part of her 
um, act, if you like, um, is, is about educating people and enlightening them. Now, I know, Lynn, that you've met Pam and you know what she's up to and all the rest of it. But, Pam, if you don't mind, Victoria, would you like to introduce yourself to Lynn so she and expand on what your area yes. of entertainment is? Hi, Lynn. My name is Victoria. I'm a comedian. I have a show on Love the Beat Radio and uh, where I just kind of uh, host and have some guests and talk about different things. And I'm starting a second show with Urban Tribe. I'm not doing stand-up comedy at the moment, like Pam. Uh, I haven't done yeah. it for years. But it's something that I'm always open to. And, um, and I also sing, but I'm not singing professionally. I was just telling um, the girls that I did it for a long time. I'm from Uruguay. I moved to the UK in 2016. I also have a business. I have an outsourcing company. I started during the pandemic because I kind of work in a more corporate environment for a while. And uh, and then during the pandemic, I went back to Uruguay and didn't really come back to London. And then I was kind of traveling, so I started my own business, and it's an outsourcing company. So at the moment, I'm doing that and the radio and, yeah. Keeping out of mischief, although the programs are, are your area of mischief, I think. So, uh, how did the, you come about this title of "It's Not Me, It's You"? Um, think about that for us in a moment. But if I could, if I may come back to Pam, I know that um, you've recently had the finals of the Funny Women Awards. How, what um, what about the winners, and and what? How do you decide? Because just really with the t my two guests here with Pam and Victoria both comedians but very um, different you're cutting out quite a yeah, bit you're, yeah, you're, cutting out, you're cutting yeah. out quite a bit Am so I? I couldn't hear what your actual question was and what, who it was aimed at oh it's aimed at um, you Lynn oh right okay and it's asking a question about your funny women awards with oh, humor right, okay. being so yeah, different yes. Um, yeah. For example, um, Pam and Victoria, both funny, mm. both funny ladies, both funny women, but very different. H how did the um, winners actually, how do you make those decisions? Well, first of all, it's, it's, we started with 450 entries. So we, you know, um, we have four different, five different awards in total. So we have um, the one that you're probably referring to and the most familiar is the stage award and that's the one where we get certainly get the most entries for it and they submit through a video entry um obviously during lockdown we had to uh, do most of our judging online but actually that's worked very well for us because we've now got entries literally from all around the world and um last year's winner uh, lara ricotti um was actually based in amsterdam um, where we do have an active uh, group of funny women, but Lara is Mexican, not Uruguay, but <laughs> I don't know how far away Mexico is from Uruguay. You people remember, most people I tell them they're from Uruguay 20 minutes say they tell me from Costa Rica, so just the fact that you remember Uruguay, it says a lot about your attention. <laughs> I do remember, I remember lots of things. And, and um, so she was a Mexican living in Amsterdam and she won our awards last year. So, you know, uh, one of the great things about wine is you can actually literally scan the world, which is great. So actually we've kept that model. And um, as, it, as for the last two years, the only live event we've actually had is we've done all our judging online. We've had live heats online. We literally you know, find, find we will whittle it down from 450, and I think we saw 150 to 200 for the last two years online in online heats. Very difficult to do, and I think by the time they get to the stage at the final, they're so blooming good because they're desperate to do a live gig, and um, our expectations are different. But I I've honestly seen a sort of marked change in the sort of quality. I think probably people just want to perform more and they put more effort into it. Um, but yeah, I mean, the kind of acts we've had are vastly different. This year's winner is a lady of the stage award is Lorna Rose Treen, um, who is um, actually a radio producer by profession, um, but does a lot of live comedy. She's probably of the clowning genre, character act. Mm -hmm. um, and was absolutely amazing and not only did she win our stage award she also won our comedy shorts award 
So she did one act on stage and then her short, uh, short film and people in the audience didn't even realise it was the same person, which is quite extraordinary, actually. Mm. So that's give you the range of her. And within a week of the final, Lorna had calls from most of the major management companies wow. who um, wanted to sign her. So I would say she's probably more in the style of a sort of Catherine Tate or a Morgana Robinson. But then Lara was a straight stand-up, as are a lot of our winners. Jade Adams, who's just been on Strictly. Mm. I'm so upset she's been voted out. I'm really, really angry about it, actually. Really? She was far one of the best. Um, uh, anyway. Yeah, uh, it's Jane, the audience vote, isn't it? That sort of... Yeah. You know, they voted You know, football versus comedy. Yeah, Pam's... I'm saying it's quite quiet, though. Ah. I think it... Football, the footballer guy, what's he still doing there? Sorry, folks, but, you know, nice guy, but he doesn't seem to be able to dance to me. Mm. So, um, I'm so sorry, Jackie, you're still cutting in and out, but I'm, I'm, know, I'm, I'm filling in the gaps here, I, I think. Yeah, I think we all got the drift of that, that it's sort of, yeah, it seems so unfair, really, I think. But, yeah. um, anyway, controversy. So, um, so we've got... Um, so we got, yeah, we had a, um, so Lorna won two awards and we had somebody else win the Comedy Writing Award um, and then we had a winner for our uh, Comedy Creator Award, which is a public vote, um, and then we have an Industry Award as well. So we sort of try and spread it over a few different genres of comedy, but it's always that stage award where you're physically putting 10 women on stage that gets the attention, of course it does. Um, and we do that with a lot of help. You know, we have um, a bit of funding, sponsorship from Sky Studios. Uh, we work with Next Up Comedy. Um, we make it look very good. It's all smoke and mirrors. I mean, we're we're still quite a poor organisation. I think people think we're rolling in money, but we are so not. And uh, bear in mind that everything we're doing is meant to be feeding back into the talent pipeline as well. You know, we can't waste money. We, we, we have to be really careful. Mm. But, you know... A great, fantastic event this year, sold-out show, brilliant new talent. Um, it's all very exciting. I'm, I'm yet to catch I'm catching up with some of the finalists this week to see how they're getting on. I mean, most of them just want to get signed and, get, and earn, you know, as Pam knows, earning a living out of doing stand-up or any kind of performance is difficult, which is why the other work that we do, the How to Have Fun at Work, um, project is so important because it's we are literally working with women that we meet through the awards and taking them into the workplace so that's a bit of a passion of mine actually well, thank I've you heard. thank you for mentioning that i was going to ask you about that so can you expand on that a little bit for us i know you're very keen to yeah well sure. what happened yeah, like, what, what happened um in 2018 which seems like a lifetime away now um I just got really fed up with creative agencies, i.e. advertising marketing, always talking about male creative teams. And it just seemed to me very similar to the world of comedy. Lots of young guys were creative teams, you know, and you don't get many female creative directors. Um, the women in, in those creative industries often seem to be client management, you know, not necessarily doing the creative work. I mean, they are doing it, but they don't necessarily get the coverage or the platform that they need. And very similar to the world of comedy that I entered 20 years ago. Um, so I just thought it'd be a really good idea to do something. And we came up with this format for an event. Um, uh, we didn't call it, we, we, we created a sort of campaign around it called Hilarious. And then we liked the format so much. Then we had lockdown. So we, we were due to do a big event in 2020 at Twitter HQ, but that got cancelled. Um, we did do a couple of events online, which were quite successful. But then we decided to sort of rebrand it and make it into... I, I have my own podcast called How to Have Fun at Work. We liked the name. So we thought, well, let's use that name for a live event. And that's kind of what happened. So we've just done our first live hilarious event um at grey london in their fantastic lovely new um hq 
Rose Court, um, just next to Southwark Bridge in London. And um, we had about 70 people there. It was great. We had um, lots of, uh, it was, you know, we do it as a bit of a showcase to show people what we can do. And then uh, we've now been asked back into a few companies to go and do exactly the same for them. Um, do we then, then we charge money. is <laughs> a, a way of us kind of doing a corporate work, but actually giving a framework for it. Because you can imagine we get a lot of people saying, oh, I think we'd like to do some comedy, or oh, we want a workshop. And they don't really, people don't really know what they want. So mm. it's a way of us kind of showing people what we can do. Yeah. And, you know, we use a lot of people that we know from, from the awards and from the industry um, to come and work with us and, and run workshops. And um, Chanel Williams, who won our Comedy Creator Award, she came around a session on create comedy creation. Um, Monica Gaga, who's a fantastic improviser, she came around a session. And then we had a couple of other people, um, Lauren Oil Press, who up until very recently was... Um, at Airbnb, she's she's moved on, but she came around a session for us. And uh, Gemma Greaves, who used to be probably best known for being the CEO of the Marketing Society, but is now set up on her own, she came around a session. And some really amazing people, and they all gave their time, and they put the event on with us. Um, and, of course, we have some comedy at the end. Of course we do. <laughs> Finish with some comedy, and um, everyone has a great time. So, yeah, hopefully we'll be doing a few more of those events um, in the new year. As live stuff is coming back now to the workplace. Yes. Uh, taken too long, though, I have to say. Taken a very long time to get back to any kind of normal. Yeah. So do you mean you you have or the entertainment world or, or what? Um, I think both. Yeah. I think entertainment, corporate, workplace stuff. Yeah. I don't know if... Um, uh, um, Pam and, and um, Victoria have found the same, but I think it's yeah. it's been a long haul back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'll ask both of them in a minute, but I've found that people are actually quite hesitant. They, you know, when we could only do stuff online, everybody was itching yeah. to get back in person, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But when we got back in person, they were still quite reserved and a bit hesitant. If Pam and Victoria, is that what you you found? You know, like Lynn was saying. I've, well, I've, I've had some um, gigs which I would class as quite big gigs where you have one or two hundred in the audience that have been cancelled um, due to lack of ticket sales or some of the ones where one person in a party of 10 or 12 has um, tested positive and so they've cancelled the whole table of 12. Um, and that's happened, you know, two or three days before the event. And how can I get another gig on that night, you know? But um, a lot of places are safe. I did a golf club the other week, which usually has 120 people in. There was 28 people in, but she went ahead with it anyway. Mm-hmm. But she was running at a loss. She still had to pay the acts the same amount. And yeah. it's disheartening. It's a pattern. It is a pattern. I think people are very risk averse. So the final of the Funny Women Awards, this has happened two years on the trot now, at Bloomsbury Theatre, 600-seater, go to bed on a, on a Wednesday night, the gig's on a Thursday. We've sold like 150, but a big, huge guest list, obviously. Um, sold 150 tickets on the Wednesday, woke up in the morning on Thursday, completely sold out. Because people lose, they left it till the last minute to book. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's the pattern. I think that with the Funny Women Awards, there's an impetus for people to come because they think they're going to miss out if they don't come. But why leave it till the last minute? It's so frustrating because, you know, we, we're still not making a lot of money because we're giving a lot of comps away to industry people. Um, that's why we have to have sponsorship because if we don't have that, we can't, we can't function. Well, that's hard um, to get as well, isn't it, Lynn? It's really hard. Yeah. Yeah, it's really tough. I, you know, and I think any of us who are still working and trying to keep going, um, we deserve some credit for that because it's really tough. And I think at the moment, a lot of performers and artists and people in business, like myself, we're all suffering a sort of form of PTSD because it is such a shock to the system, you know, to go back into the into the working environment. You know, I mean, to get 70 people to, to Grey London, 
was fantastic. Mm. I worked really hard at that. Mm. I, I mean, you know, I think my team were really fed up with me because I just think, I didn't have a thing on, put another thing on social. But we had to really, really sell it. Yeah. Pre-COVID, those events sold out like that. Yeah. I think we're experiencing a massive change in the quality of life in most European cities, mm-hmm. particularly London, because of a combination of factors that are trashing the economy. It's like post-Brexit, post-pandemic, the war in Ukraine, the energy crisis, and this is affecting the economy, and we're definitely in a recession. So the first industries that are going to go out is entertainment. It's very hard for people to spend money on entertainment when they're having a hard time spending money on their essential bills and you know the cost of things. Um, I I left for a year and a half during uh, the pandemic, and I went traveling. And coming back to the UK um, is extremely difficult. I mean, I'm still investing in um, my career in entertainment, so it's beneficial for me to be in London. But I know that the next years are going to be a real hustle because it used to be the ratio of work and reward or, you know, the, the quality of life and, and the access to things that we had from travel to going out to just spending money on, on, on just, just a better quality of life overall. Now, prices are so expensive and, you know, how the work dynamic has changed from people working from home and, and consumption in general has completely altered. You know, like they were saying about people um, going to events or going out, it, like, all these factor, um, all these factors really changed, um, you know, consumers, and it's just I think that, that the overall quality of life is a lot worse, and it's hard because you know I love London and I've had one of the best years of my life, life there. But if you take out the lights, it's a swamp. So <laughs> I think I think just to put to shine a little bit of a positive light on it, um, what I've found with um, so whilst live is affected really badly, I have never seen a time where big West End shows have had to spend money on television advertising. Um, it's a shocker. But I did see, we went up to London, I live in Kent, and I went up to London at the weekend, and London was packed, and it was, it was hard turn this week. There were lots of people wandering around with children dressed up as lions and Elsa and what have you. So that warmed my heart a bit, because I thought, well, it's coming back at least for a little bit. But the theatres are all having to spend, they're having to work really hard on getting people in. Mm. So you've got all that going on. But where the money is being spent, and let's, you know, is on television and television production, because you have got Amazon and, and Disney Channel and uh, Netflix and all the main, all the BBC ITV channels. They're all, what are people doing? They're staying home and watching a lot of telly. And they curate their viewing. So um, what is good is to see people, we mentioned Jade Adams, obviously, getting and Ellie, Ellie Taylor, both are on Strictly. That's great exposure for them. Mm. And then they're both doing other things. I mean, Ellie does the MASH report. Um, I don't know if she's still doing it. She may not be doing it anymore. And then there's um, Jade has been in Alma's Not Normal, and she's got another TV show coming up. So there is investment. But it's, it's, the shift is away from, unfortunately, you've got to support the live circuit as well. Because where do you find these new acts? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you guys, you know, you're doing your radio shows and live. You, you, you should be on the, you know, people still to go out and see these acts to find them mm. and curate. And that's why our event, that's why our final sells out. Because all the agents and the management companies and the TV execs, well, to basically, they know they'll come to a show and they'll see 10 new acts, four new films or whatever. It's, it, we're presenting it to them on a plate. Absolutely. But still, people will not pay for that. We have to give tickets away. Mm. Give tickets away to executives on really high salaries. And it, it upsets mm-hmm. me so much. And I think that's it. There's no, no way... Nowhere is, is it being pulled together in a business-like way. And that's unfair because, you know, comedy, entertainment is a serious business. It's a business like anything else. And people need to invest in it 
to to let it grow. Um, and you know, I'm not in this for my glory. I'm not making loads of money out of this. I'm I'm doing it as a platform to get give women more of a voice generally. You know, I feel very passionate about that. I think that comes through, Lynn. I'm sorry to cut across you there, but we're going to run into the adverts at three o'clock very shortly, and I want people to know how they can actually get in touch with you. So if you could actually expand on that, how can they reach you? Very easy to get in touch with us. We have a website, funnywomen.com, so that's pretty easy to find. I'm on all the socials. We're either funnywomen or funny underscore women on Instagram. And I'm always funny women Lynn with an E, so I'm quite easy to find. Um, and if you're interested in our workplace stuff, there is a separate website, herlarius.co.uk. Uh, so her, herlarius.co.uk. Um, and hopefully people will find me quite easily. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they will. <laughs> I think probably they just type in your name and that's enough. Um, well, we hope so. You never know. <laughs> so, so very quickly now, um, what's next on the cards for you? What What have you got coming up very quickly? Well, I, uh, my next um, event is a workshop of my own. I run a workshop called Stand Up to Stand Out. Um, it's a I do it every two to three months. It's um, it's a it's a comedy workshop. Um, I it's about getting you going. It's about kickstarting giving you some tools to create material, um, some tips on how to perform. Um, I do it very much from the point of view as a sort of directorial because I'm not a comedian myself, but I'm sort of on the other side of the fence, so I'd like to think I'm nice and objective. Um, And we run it in the very glorious surroundings of the Groucho Club in central London, and all the details are on the Funny Women website. If you check events on our, if you go to the tab events, and up it will pop. But yeah, we would um, we would love to see some more people on that. Um, it's 26th of November. This is the 12:30 TWC Business Beat Radio with Jackie Groundsell on Love to Beat Radio. And we're back in the studio, so thank you so much to uh, my guest Lynn Parker from Funny Women, who was able to join us in between a very hectic schedule that she's got today so I hope you all found that really interesting one of the things that we've got that is new is that we now have a podcast Um, so I'm going to make my two guests who are still in the still joining us in the studio here live but do if you haven't been able to listen to all of the show or you want to catch up with something else the podcasts are run a week later and they are on the following Thursday at 8 o'clock. And they'll always be on our website as well. So our website is all the W's and then dot 1230.co.uk. You'll find all our events under calendar. But podcasts is, guess what? It's under podcasts. So now my two guests are waiting patiently here. Um, Victoria Bruger and with Pam Ford. Now you girls okay. need to you make should. sure that... Um, we know our listeners know how to get hold of you so victoria would you like to let people know where they can find you well you can find me on instagram at vic bruger it's v-i-c-b-r-u-g-g-e-r i embarrass myself on a daily basis and bully people in the most diplomatic way possible <laughs> It's very hard. You can't make fun of anyone anymore. It's like in in cities and first world countries, everyone's so obsessed with, you know, political correctness, which which coming from Europe, I think is the most hypocritical thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, But yeah, you have to be careful with what you say these days. Before we go over to Pam, can I just ask you quickly, what's my sound quality like? Am I still breaking up? A little bit. I think before, when you were talking a little bit, it was breaking up. Like when we were hearing the ads and stuff, we could hear it. Yeah, well, no, it's clear now. It's clear right, now. That's what, that's what I'm wondering. Is three people too many on Zoom for the radio show? And is two people okay? That's what I was trying to Yeah, say. two people's okay. No cracking up. Right. Okay, cool. All right. So everybody now knows how to get hold of Victoria. Thank you for that. Pam, what about you? How's everybody going to get in touch with you well um, i'm 
um, Twitter on at the Pam Ford, as in T H E, as in the Pam Ford. Uh, <laughs> Facebook, I've got my Pam Ford uh, page. Uh, and that's where I put all the gigs I'm doing every week uh, all over the UK. Um, so you can find me that quite easy. Just put in Pam Ford Comedian on the Google search and you'll find me. Excellent, excellent. And the other, the other place that you will find Pam, Pam is of, um, um, dare I say gently, of a certain age. And she is part of my menopausal gang. Uh, <laughs> never actually have, haven't made it. What with a variety of disasters happening in the studio and various other things to um, meet you. But um, in a few weeks' time, Pam with um, Fiona Catchpole, Elsa Petchley and also Adele Martin will be on the radio and talking menopause. But, you know, as you can imagine, if Pam's there as well, it's not all serious stuff, but it is extremely useful stuff. So do tune in. We're here every Monday, 2 till 4, on Love to Beat Radio, based here in Penge, South East London. And the sun's shining at the moment, so it's great stuff. So um, that last piece of music was as a um, um, Ukraine Eurovision winner, um, is our reminder of thinking of our sisters and their families in the Ukraine and everybody all over the world who's having a particularly tough time at the moment that we need to consider each other and think about each other. So, Victoria, what have you got lined up? Um, what's your next gig? Have you got something at the moment? Sorry, you didn't catch that one more time. Have you got a, a, a gig lined up soon? For stand-up? No. Anything. No. <laughs> well, well, I'm starting this new radio show. Um, it's called Bad Advice with uh, Tribe Urban. We're starting to kind of set it up on Friday, so we'll have some news on that shortly. I'm very Ooh. excited about that. We're yeah. going to do a lot of Are you able to share a bit more about that? Yeah. So it's a lot similar to the, the show I do at um, Love the Beat Radio. But um, I want to do uh, a bit of prank calling with characters, something like, you know what I mentioned about, like, the phone jacker? Which yeah. is something I would do for free for my whole life. It's, uh, it's, I, I think it's very fun to play with one's identity and, and to see what... Because I didn't know what a phone jacker was. Victoria had to explain that one well, to me. Well, the phone jacker is one of the most famous, like, UK. I mean, when I moved to the UK, everyone introduced me to the phone jacker because apparently it was an iconic period in, in the comedy where he was and then he did the, the face jacket which didn't work as well but this guy I mean check it out he's on YouTube I mean this, that was just brilliant I, I don't think I've ever seen something like that before have you have you seen it do you know what I'm talking about Pam no I the one I know is Tiny Tim the man yeah. has a child's voice and he does a child's voice and he rings up all sorts of people um and it's the most hilarious thing I've ever seen in my life <laughs> yeah, it's like that. It's he's got all these characters, but it's so funny. Although it's like the production is brilliant because I don't know how they do it. Like they literally sit outside a restaurant and just film the restaurant from the from the street and call the reception and watch them react to the call. I mean, it's just hilarious. So we're gonna do a bit of prank calling. So I'm really excited for that. Do it. I love the radio yet. <laughs> Oh, right. And I'm, I'm coaching Victoria. I'm getting over here to London and singing and doing some comedy in some of the clubs that I know over here. Oh yeah, definitely. We should. I'm gonna, I'm gonna email you, and then I'm definitely gonna go see you. Oh cool. This is our email. I'll email connect you. Shall I? Yes, please. Okay, we'll do that. This is. She's gonna want ten percent, you know. Me? Okay. I wish. People say, <laughs> what, what do you make out of all these connections? Well, to me, it's the fun and the reward is actually seeing it actually work. And um, Yes. Yeah. But, you know, if you want to throw a few Smarties my way, I'm quite happy to, not blue ones, though, because I'll get too uh, hyper on those. <laughs> Lynn, have you ever done the gong show? Lynn's gone. I mean, sorry, sorry, Pam. Have you ever done the gong show? Yes, I've done the gong show and I've won it. It was about what? six years ago, yeah. No way! I did three or four before I won it. Uh, the, uh, the, the third one, I got to four minutes, four and a half minutes. You've got to get to five minutes. 
and I got to the five minutes and the amazing thing was my son was in the audience and he was like, oh my God. <laughs> How is this possible? Tell me, tell me how well, well, they have about 20, 22 acts on at the comedy store on the last Monday of the month. And um, there's a big gong on the stage, which the uh, compare has the, the clanger. What do you call the banger thing? The thing. The gong. Oh, stick. The, gong. Oh. the gong. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and it's on, three, there's three people in the audience with cards. Right. And when your person gets on, if the three cards go up, he bangs the gong. Some mm. people have lasted... 20 seconds and being gonged off. Oh, and some people over. They're really mean. They're very mean. Um, and um, when you're sitting waiting to go on, it's hairy watching all of the other acts. But if you've never done it before, then you see what happens. You actually want to leave. You want to go. Mm. And sometimes they call out someone's name and they go, Is he gone? Oh, well, next. They put the next name up. Okay. But. Um, if you probably, out of 22, you might get four or five people that get to the five minutes and then they go on the stage. Mm. And, again, it's the audience topometer to see who wins mm. and gets through. You done it, Victoria. I did it. I'll tell you, my first story at the comedy store. So, I, yeah, I did it. So, I went to the comedy store as an audience member just to watch the show. Very fresh off the boat. I had just moved, in, I just moved to the UK from Europe, so I didn't even know what the show was about. I also had a few drinks, which didn't help. <laughs> so I was loving the boom, but I was like, finally, you can just you know, scream at people horrible things, and it's okay. And um, and I was really engaging with you know the acts and whatever, and just and just shouting. And um, I don't know what happened, so at, at one point, I wanted to be one of the judges because what happens is that they give the audience members three cards and they get to judge whether the acts get to yeah. live and go <laughs> and to live or, or get kicked out. So when they pull the three cards, it means everyone's on agreement, they're not good enough, so they stop. And so I wanted one of the cards and I wanted to be one of the judges, but I guess I didn't hear that what they were asking is, would, would anyone like to come on stage and try <laughs> so I thought I was going to get a card to be a judge, and instead, they're like, welcome to the stage, Victoria! Oh, and I was like, and then I just grabbed the mic, and I started talking and saying, um, I thought this was a game, I thought you were going to give me a card, and people just kept laughing. <laughs> and I was like, no, seriously, I want the card, because I want to be one of the judges. And I was there for like two minutes and a half. Just, like, making no sense. So, yeah. So, that was crazy. And they were like, you need to come and do the gong. And then I did it. I actually did it once. And I was so scared. I was bad. I think I lasted for, like, a minute. <laughs> but it really feels like a weekend, doesn't it? You know, first of all, the anticipation of that place. I think gladiators were more calm. When <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't understand. It feels literally like the Gladiators movies when and they have tigers in the arena. You're yeah. just waiting to be slaughtered. And it's yeah. worse because the humiliation is on so many levels. First of all, the humiliation from the people of the show who, who constantly make fun of the fact that you're nobody, right? <laughs> Secondly, the audience members, 400 people, just like hoping that you're terrible because that's the funniest. And then, you know, I don't know, it's just bad, it's bad. And then, you know, and sometimes I've seen it on other gong shows that they do, like the Voxel one, that they have, um, like, a team of judges that then give them feedback, and the bullying continues with the feedback, and they're just standing there, and they're just saying, just never do it again, and they're like, thank you so much, thank you so much for the advice. And it's just, I mean, for the audience, it's the most interesting thing ever. But for people who actually do it, so I can't believe you won. I mean, I can believe it, but I'm just so, I mean, so much admiration for you right now. Yeah, but I, I, I kept going back, and the fourth one, they said the third one I got to four and a half minutes, and I was kicking myself, and then when I did the fifth one, but also after each one, you're not so bothered anymore. You just try to beat your, your personal best, like your previous timings. But when you win it, like, Honestly, I 
felt like Rocky on top of the steps. And the gig I did the week after, oh, I was waiting to go on somewhere, and they said, um, and straight, straight from the comedy store, and I started looking around the room, and then they said my name, I'm like, oh, me! Oh, it's me! <laughs> because you had to do the, the, so did you have to do the extra minute after it? I can't remember. I think so. The comedy store, normally what they do is when, like, everyone who, you know, made it past five minutes, then there's a final round of all of them. They all have to do one minute, and then they do the clapping. So they have yeah. a, a, a device that measures the, the clapping. Yeah, it's the guy in the sound booth. He's getting the loudness. Yeah. yeah, so they measure the, the clapping, and you must run by, like, popularity! Woo! Okay, not a lot to clear the world. Yeah, I need to watch you come immediately. Everything do. So when's it's the next show? I'm coming. Okay, here we go. How am I get you? I'm not going to be here. Um, to Wednesday. Like that. I've got well, no private gig, private gig. Adam K, Oh, darling, you're going to have to wait until about um, December or something. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm in Aberdeen. Well, I mean, I, I, I do want to watch you, but if I could do it locally, I would. We will, do, we will get one in central London, uh, where I'll do Kyle's GMB. Alright, um, I'm just, I'll just get And while Jet, is Jackie still there? Yes, I'm I am. Going to, I'm going to um, get my dear friend at the Poodle Club, Sydenham. Yes. To give me a date to do my one-hour Edinburgh show there, my award-winning Edinburgh show at the Poop Club in Sydenham, sometime between now and Christmas, if I can squeeze it in. Oh, cool! Yeah. That'll be good. And we can go. We Let can go, Victoria. I love that. I would love that very much. Yeah, because I'll, I'll get that sorted out with um, um, Karen at the Poodle Club, which is a gorgeous, gorgeous little um, southeast London. It's not far from Penge. I know I was there the other night. No, I know you know, but I don't think... Oh, no, where, where, where do you stay when you're here, Victoria? Canary Wharf. Very nice. Very nice indeed. Right, so I'll try and sort that out. But I don't want to clash with any of your event nights, uh, Jackie, so we must email um, preferable dates and times. Yeah, cool. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a date somewhere. Good, excellent. <laughs> Right, now then, before we wind up and we go off and, and, and listen to various bits and pieces of music, um, is there something else that you'd actually like to share with our li listeners, both of you? Keep supporting live comedy, please. Yeah. yeah. Find your local comedy club and go and have a look. Um, they're all over the place. There's uh, comedy clubs, rooms above pubs. Uh, it's all on um, Facebook or anywhere okay all right uh, i want to thank both you um pam and pam ford and victoria Bruger, and of course lynn parker who is now off air doing something rather exciting i don't know but all three of you thank you so much for being my special guests today and just remind us very quickly i'm conscious of the fact that you both need to dash off but um just remind us very quickly how people can find you please so go on instagram and it's vic ruger excellent i'm the one with the least amount of clothes i'm gonna in amongst the music i'm gonna be playing um some um i can't you even can leave your hat on um amy wine winehouse because i saw uh, the recording of you on YouTube, um, Victoria, seeing her back on black, but I couldn't actually find it for the show. So um, we just we'll run with that. Valerie, do you see much of her stuff with your singing expertise? Okay. Do you see much of Amy Winehouse's stuff? I think loads of Amy Winehouse because Amy Winehouse sang on the same key, so her like her range is quite limited, but it's also very rich, and mm. you know the way she kind of makes a sound so it's very it's a very easy one for me but you can find it you know if you my surname is quite rare so i think if you put my name my full name yeah i would be surprised if there were many many others 
Yeah, well, it, it came up um, on YouTube. Um, so I saw you in a, I don't know whether it was a dark pink or a red dress singing, singing that. So that was good. And, uh, um, and I think with Pam, I think with both of you, the search engines are working furiously, aren't they? And Lynn as well. I think putting in your names is, is uh, going to be enough for you three girls. Uh, yeah, Pam uh, for Comedian, put it in. Oh, I've got some breaking news right now. Oh. That Victoria will be my support act at the Poodle Club. Oh, so definitely be. What date is it, Pam? I don't know yet. I've got to ask Paris. Oh, all right then. Okay. Oh, how exciting! You heard it first, listeners. There you go. <laughs> okay. I want to thank you both so much for being here and um, taking part in the show and being absolutely wonderful. And Victoria, I look forward to meeting you in Sydney, if at no other point before then. Exactly, theme. Well, thank you so much for having Okay, so it, I'll be here same time next week, every Monday, 2 till 4 at Jackie Brown Cell, 12.30 The Women's Company, Lunchtime Networking for Business Women, with some more amazing guests for you. And again, thank you to my super guests today, Pam Ford, Victoria Brugger, and the, um, and the amazing Lynn Parker who's expecting a grandchild any second so watch this space so stay tuned for Ozzy Osmond and Indie Rock 12.30TWC Business Beat Radio Mondays 2 till 4pm UK time Tips, inspiration, fun, tunes For and from business women On all the socials www.1230.co.uk At Love to Beat Radio